the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track, S P O T R A C, right now for all the latest coverage on NFL free agency, the COVID 19 situation, and how it's impacting sports. I don't know how it could impact it even more, but it is. A lot of great stories about teams coming together, making great payments, picking up the salaries of a lot of workers. Uh, really, really great stories to hear right now. So catch that at The Athletic. And, of course, they're breaking down every single move, and there's been a few dozen more today. Uh, this is version two of NFL Free Agency on the Spot Trek podcast. Going to bring in Scott Allen once again to discuss some of these moves that have happened, uh, moves that haven't happened, moves that were announced but haven't become official, and maybe some players left that haven't been agreed to yet and could still get some big-time money. Let's bring in Scott Allen. Scott, thanks for coming back. Yep, Uh, great to be here. Yeah, let's start here. It's been about 24 hours since we learned that Tom Brady was walking out the door and supposedly making a trip to Tampa Bay. We've heard nothing today. Uh, am I missing something? I've been buried in contracts, but I, I, I've heard nothing about the Tom Brady front of you. No, no, I haven't. I haven't. And uh, it's interesting that we haven't heard anything more, not, not any more specific details outside of what we heard yesterday, that it was supposed to be $30 million a year. So yeah, I think I, uh, I think I saw Schefter this morning mentioned that they were hammering out details and contract structure. So I don't want to go too far off the board because it really does appear like this thing's going to get done. I just want to put this out there just because I've said it a few times yesterday. Uh, we know nothing about Marcus Mariota in Vegas either. <laughs> and and I, 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 want to, I want to be clear that the Vegas Raiders were for sure in on Tom Brady. Uh, whether an official offer was made or not, I guess we may never know. But they were in, and the fact that nothing's official yet on either of those sides just at least makes me want to pause because uh, it's Tom Brady, right? <laughs> this isn't a normal free agency, right? right? He, he's, been, he's been so quiet throughout his entire career about anything. Why would we think that a free agent move would be any different? And, 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 and by the way, it was made clear to us yesterday that none of this is real until Tom Brady actually says it. So even if Colin Coward and Adam Schefter are reporting as such, uh, we know nothing. We, we know really nothing more outside of we think it's getting hammered out right now in Tampa Bay. And I, I, I guess I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case. But there are a lot of pieces across the league that were announced yesterday or, or two days ago that aren't official. And some of that is going to be because there aren't in-place physicals happening. And that's fine. I, I completely understand that. Um, you know, we're in self-quarantine mode, and you don't want to make any kind of contract official without – getting the person in and giving a thorough physical and, and, and blah, blah, blah. Now, I, I do want to say this. Mike Tannenbaum, former, former Jets GM, who I believe is attached to ESPN now, had a really nice tweet where he reached out to a bunch of front office people and, and asked them how they were handling today when the league, league officially happened. Um, and, and basically, it sounds like a lot of these contracts are being written with language that basically says, uh, you know, we're guaranteeing this, but there's a provision in place that says if you fail a physical, whenever we're allowed to give you a physical, uh, such and such goes away. So it sounds like they're getting around it to some degree and they can write these contracts and submit them to the NFL right now. 
with the provision that says the physical has to come when it's available. So maybe that'll lead to more, you know, maybe more and more agents will get that in and get these things done. We're seeing many of the trades process, which that sort of surprises me. Uh, but let's switch gears here, Scott, because I know you want to talk about this DeAndre Hopkins trade again. Absolutely nothing on that front as well, like outside of Bill O'Brien getting crushed all day. Right. Um, any any thoughts in your mind about is that going to fall out by the wayside or is this just I, semantics? It, it it could be semantics, but I mean, like like you had mentioned uh, yesterday, because people know he's on the trade block now. Our better offers coming in, and now, yeah, they're dragging their feet a little bit to see what they could get on top of you know maybe something an upgrade over David Johnson and other picks or something like that. I mean. The fact that this didn't go right away makes you kind of drag your feet and say, all right, maybe there's something better. And I, think, I think we just want it to be better. <laughs> I think that we just too, do. Yeah. Look, I, I've heard a couple of uh, of really nice explanations about this. And the one that I guess makes the most sense is he was Bill O'Brien was very careful about where he sent DeAndre Hopkins. Didn't want to have to compete against them. Uh, you know, didn't want to send mm-hmm. him to Buffalo or New England, who are going to be playoff contenders for a Houston team that isn't, uh, you know, they're not terrible. Uh, they just now lack that 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 wide receiver punch because uh, can any of us account for Will Fuller being on the field for 16 games? I don't think so. No, I don't so, think so. And they don't have a first-round pick <laughs> this year or next year. So, uh, you know, are they going to use one of their two second-round picks to – bring in a halfway decent wide receiver that can make an impact immediately. That's possible, but man, that's a lot to hold your hat on for uh, what sounds like a contract battle. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like DeAndre Hopkins wanted $18 million a year. Houston understandably didn't want to discuss it with three years left on the contract. And it got to the point where there was some name calling and out the door he goes. So to some degree, I get it. But, boy, it sure looks bad in, in, in retrospect after the Stefan Diggs trade. That's all we're saying. I don't want to harp on it too much. We did, we pretty, we, we did a lot of this yesterday. But the, the, the Stefan Diggs trade is, what, three times better? There's an extra year in, in Diggs' contract, and, and he's going to be crying for more money soon as well. I understand it. He's making about $11.5 million a year, $12 million a year. In a, in a world where top wide receivers are up in the 20, 20 million per year mark. So you can understand why these guys are miserable, but don't sign the long-term contracts. Just don't do it. I mean, if you, if you, if you don't want to be stuck with three years of value on the back end of your contract, don't sign a six year contract. That's why we're seeing a free agent season where the, the average contract I'd have to guess, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I bet it's three years and 30 million. Cause there's about nine guys who signed for three years and 30 million this year. And you get it. There's, it's for the reason I just mentioned. They don't want fluff. And, oh, by the way, 2022 just happens to be the year when the TV money is going to kick in. And that salary cap is probably going to soar in 2023. So guys want to be available. Guys want to have contracts available so they can negotiate with a gigantic leap in salary cap and get front-loaded contracts and tons of cash. So it's smart across the board. But you feel you feel for these guys that are stuck, you know, these digs and these Hopkins, and there's a few more out there that just have nowhere to go. There's no way the Bills or the Texans sh- or, or the Cardinals should be negotiating right now with these players. But we've seen we've seen crazier things happen, right? 
Yeah, we have definitely. I mean, David Johnson was just traded. Nick Foles was just traded for yeah. Saints. Um, let's go there. I guess we might as well stay on the trade front. Is that official? I haven't seen that one pop through yet. Uh, I haven't either. Not sure. I'm not sure. Well, the bears, I actually, the bears did say it without saying it. So I guess it's officially official. Um, and if you're, if you're not on Twitter right now, looking at how the teams are doing this, because they, again, they, they don't want to make anything officially official without a physical, but so they're officially not saying that it's official from their Twitter accounts, but what they're saying is NFL network or Ian Rappaport or ESPN has reported that we have agreed to terms with <laughs> it's, yeah. pre- it's pretty hysterical stuff. So, uh, you know, stay for the humor, come for the, uh, come for the numbers, I guess. Let's say it's official Nick Foles to the bears with no other draft pick for a fourth round pick. Uh, I didn't think this was possible 24 hours ago. I just didn't. And, and not, not because Nick Foles is a, is a bag of garbage. He's certainly a competent NFL quarterback and he's had, you know, more than, more than enough success now to prove that he's worthy of at least a shot. Is he worthy of replacing a rookie contract? And is he worthy of, uh, the, allowing the Jacksonville Jaguars out of that contract with no other compensation included. I, it's, I'm not going to say that the, that the bears overpaid for this because it sounds like there were multiple teams in on this. It sounds like there was, it sounds like the pant was it the Colts. I think offered a fifth. I, I it was reported, which is incredible. I, it's incredible. I mean, these, these are teams that have quarterbacks halfway decent quarterbacks already. And they're, they're evaluating Nick Foles as a legitimate upgrade to the point of where they're offering mid round draft picks for him. So now, now he's a bear. Uh, he's restructured that deal to where the $21 million guaranteed exists, but he can essentially walk away from this thing after 2020 if he wants to, which, oh, by the way, was already the case. So I'm going to have to see the nuts and bolts of this restructure to see what kind of happened. I assume it's, it's a bit of a cap savings for the Bears. But, um, look, this was all, all, always a one-year $15 million deal with another $5 million that kicks in next year. So... The, the, the money coming to the new team was never super crazy. It's just I didn't evaluate Nick Foles ahead of Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater or Cam Newton and all these other quarterbacks that, that became available this offseason. So the fact that uh, teams prioritize Nick Foles as an acquisition this early on in the game, to me, it's just it's shocking. Do you have any, anything to add to that? Or, uh, I mean, am I, am I going overboard here? I certainly had a couple of, of people clap back at me on Twitter that – you know, I'm way off guard here by, by saying Foles shouldn't even be considered. Uh, where do you stand on this, Scott? I, I think perhaps maybe they're looking for a higher paid backup or, you know, in the event that Trubisky, they need to switch from him again like they did last season. Or, uh, I mean, we know he's a viable backup as far as what he did in, in Philadelphia. So do you pay to have that veteran maybe overpaid backup so that, you know, you have definitely a a, a viable second. (laughs) Um, so I think that might be the, the situation where, and maybe he just needed a, a a change of scenery out of Jacksonville. That just wasn't the right place for him or the right system. And maybe Chicago thinks they have a better system that he could work in. Um, well, let's be, let's, let's not, we have to make that point. The coaching staff in Chicago is very, very close to Nick Foles, and they've had a lot of success together. So there is, there is for sure a systematic fit with Nick Foles, which gives him an edge above like a Cam Newton, who's also, who was also reported there, and Andy Dalton, who was also reported there. Here's the difference, though, Scott, and you're kind of glazing over it a little bit. 
15 million plus 5 million more next year is way too much for a backup. So unless Nick Foles wins this job and and Trubisky is a is a fully guaranteed, you know, rookie backup, um then it's way too much money for a backup quarterback because here's what I think is going to happen and it's trending this way. The uh obviously Cam Newton is not long for Carolina now with the tw- the tweets we've seen from both sides plus the Teddy Bridgewater contract. Everything, everything in my direction points to him being outright released. I don't think he's going to be traded at all, and I don't think Carolina thinks they can trade him. That's why they're announcing on Twitter. They're saying goodbye to this guy on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want to play poker with those people because they're, they're already showing their hand right now. So mm-hmm. to me, it's trending towards he's just going to outright be released. And then, then what is he worth, right? If, if he's not locked into the $19 million contract, which is what he would bring over to a new team via a trade, what is he worth? If he's a backup, which is what we're saying Foles might be, the high backup right now is seven, eight million dollars. Is that is someone going to get Cam Newton for eight million dollars? Is that really what's going to happen here? I mean, I guess anything's possible at this point. I, I think I it's very it's, possible, and and, and I, I'm saying that in regards to the Chicago Bears because Cam Newton via free agency at eight million dollars is way better to me than Nick mm-hmm. Foles for a fourth round pick and 15 and really $21 million when he, when all the guarantees lock in. So I, I, I understand the connection with the coaching staff. I understand Nick Foles playoff success with the Eagles. Um, I can, I can get over the fact that the Jacksonville situation was just a dumpster fire and uh, you know, he shouldn't be too much to blame for it, especially with the injury that he faced. So I can, I can get past that side of it, but I'm just looking at the money here because that's really where I belong. And I'm, I'm seeing 21 million for Nick Foles plus a fourth round pick versus if we wait out Dalton and we wait out Cam Newton to compete for our, our starting quarterback job, it's going to cost us way less. And that's to me, that's just fact. Yeah. But maybe Chicago is trying to forward think here. Trubisky's in the last year of his contract. So let's say he doesn't work out and Foles has to come in and they see that he does work out and they don't want to play that waiting game to see what's really going to happen in Carolina, because I mean, it could be another month before they technically would, you know, release or if anything happened with Newton or anything. So maybe they're forward thinking and they're saying, all right, let's, if Travisi doesn't work out, sounds impulsive to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have we have fools in the background that we can bring in and at a 20 million cap hit or whatever it's going to be after the restructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not as bad as maybe an eight or a nine that you may get for Cam, but they know they they've already got it in place. They know they have that relationship, like you said. So maybe they're just trying to forward think here more than uh, waiting in the wings for uh, somebody else. They're trying to move forward on them by themselves. Nick Foles just turned 31. Cam Newton will be 31 in May. Andy Dalton will be 33 to start the year. Yeah. That's not old. That's not old. No, I mean, the other aspect is with Cam and his injury history. Do you want to go that route? Mm -hmm. I mean, and you've got, like you said, depending on what the restructure is with Foles, I mean, you know you've got him for a couple years to get him in the system, and maybe he transitions over. Like I said, if Trubisky doesn't work out, 
Um, I, I just think maybe they're, they're trying to forward think here. Maybe they are going to outthink themselves and, and, and shoot themselves in the foot. If they don't have Khalil Mack right now, Scott, is this move getting made? You understand what no. I'm saying? Yeah, I do. No, I don't think so. I say no chance. They are they are yeah. releasing Trubisky or trading Trubisky, and they are starting over. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I think there's some recklessness to this and impulsiveness to this. I completely agree with your Cam Newton evaluation, and nobody's bringing him in without a physical. So in the times we're in right now, Cam Newton is off limits right now. He just is. Uh, I mean, you, you, we've got to be able to see him uh, f- fully medically cleared before we're doing anything, of course. Um, so Foles is safer in that regard, even though he is coming off a broken collarbone, which he's recovered from, and I assume all is well there. So, that, but there's a little bit of a history. I, it just doesn't seem like the right time to do this. I com- I completely agree with them bringing in somebody to compete with Trubisky because they consider themselves to be in a window. This this was a a, a mid playoff team two years ago. Now we expected them to take a step back last year. They certainly did, but um, you know. I don't think it's a guarantee that they bounce back. The defense seems to have gotten better. I just, I don't want to stay on them too long here, but I'm, it just doesn't sit right with me. I know, I know a lot of people are trying to defend this wholeheartedly that Nick Foles will work in this system. And I guess I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. That's all. Uh, what else, what, what else across the league today kind of stood out to you? I, I know our numbers are kind of piling up and I, I really am reluctant to speak to them because we've got a lot of incomplete data. That's just the, the world we live in right now. We're, uh, you know, we're not able to get all, what is it, six, 88? Is it 88 contracts already? Holy goodness. 88 contracts. Uh, we've probably got about 50 of those fully detailed. So in terms of guarantees and upfront guarantees and all that, we've got some incomplete data. But uh, just in terms of total value contracts, Scott, where do we stand in the NFL free agency? Yeah, we're up at about $1.7 right now with, I mean, per per details that you have already 751 million in guaranteed. Um, but like I said, we haven't seen any of those massive splashy kind of signings, but I mean, there's been some, there's been some nice signings. I mean, um, Robert Quinn went to the, to the bears. Um, so I, I think they're trying to help that defense there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we saw, Let's see. Dante Fowler went to Atlanta. Yeah, those so, numbers are just coming in now. It looks that's a nice deal. That's about where we had him, sixteen million, and it's. I think it's a predecessor for where Jadavian Clowney's going to land too. I don't think Clowney gets much more than this. It sounds like Seattle's trying to bring him back, and I don't think they have to go more than seventeen million to do it. So, yeah, uh, I like it for Atlanta because their defense has been, yeah. The problem. It's been the problem. They've been, they've been scoring points. If you remember the second half of that season last year, they were outscoring some pretty good teams. They just couldn't stop anybody. So it, it, it makes a ton right. of sense yeah. that they're flipping the switch on that side of the ball. And I, I like that player. That's a player that, you know, the Rams wanted to keep and just fiscally couldn't make it happen. Um, the, the other deal I think that was really nice was uh, the Malcolm Jenkins yeah. going to the saints. I think that was a pretty good value uh, well, signing contract for them. Let's uh, talk about this because he he was he was basically he basically threw himself out of a Philly when he made tr- demands for fourteen million dollars a year. That's the contract he wanted. Uh, he went back to New Orleans and settled for eight a year. <laughs> so uh, either his agent and him were way off, or he just you know he was spitballing to get himself out of town essentially. 
But, uh, you know, it's funny how you see these numbers and some of them are just circus, circus numbers. This is a, a much more tenable deal. And certainly the Saints can never go crazy with any kind of free agent signing. They just don't have the cap capacity ever to do it. They're always right up against it. Uh, and that's why you see guys like Drew Brees taking deals. We haven't talked about Brees. Decent for you? Yeah, I think so. It, yeah. Um, what's he at? Uh, 25 mil a year? Yeah. Two for 50, through. 25 each year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have no issues with that. I mean, you're not breaking the bank. Um, and you, you've got them in for the next two years. And what, there are two voidable years after that, which. That's um, just how they operate. Yeah. You're, it, if right, he retires, they're going to have about $11, $11 million of dead cap. It's similar to what just happened to Brady. Brady left 13 and a half behind to the Patriots. Listen, uh, based on the numbers, I mean, quarterback cap numbers, I've written, I've ran the numbers in the past for teams that have made the Super Bowl. Hmm. No, no one has made, no one has won the Super Bowl with a cap hit north of $20 million. So, I mean, if, if you go with that, the saints aren't going to win the Super Bowl. yeah, I think you did that Threw via a percentages too, right? Wasn't it 12%? I, I think 12% was the number. Yeah, and um, the, the average is around like $7 million for a winning quarterback. So, I mean, I, I like the deal. It, it's not astronomical where you're breaking the bank and right. having a thir- $35 million cap hit on some of those. Um, and You're not going to believe this. So guess what 12% of our current league cap is? $23.78 million. Drew Brees, nice. Drew Brees cap hit this year is $23.65 million. Mm. So he qualifies. So the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. That's what we're saying here. That's why we had this podcast today. Place your bets. Get them out there. The Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just pulled, uh, I found my numbers here. And the, the highest that any cap percent uh, max for a cap hit Tom Brady had 12, almost 12 and a half percent when he won in 2018. Right. And the other highest cap hit was Peyton Manning back in 2009. His cap hit percent was about 19% and uh, they lost that year. So like I said, yeah, it's one of the more interesting things we do after each season is to see how the highest player paid players in each position kind of fared. And generally speaking, it does not go well, but, uh, Look, things have changed. The cap has really increased. Teams have gotten a lot smarter. And I want to speak to that a little bit, too, before we kind of wrap up here. Uh, structurally speaking, now that I've seen, like I said, about 50 of these deals, man, are, man, are people getting smarter with this stuff. There are so many small signing bonuses, so many first-year roster bonuses. Teams are just taking on so much more cap in, in the first year and in some cases the second year as well to make sure that these players are paid and then it, it falls off a truck. It's similar to what we talked about with Hopkins and Diggs. I mean, those, those contracts were five, six years, but they should never have been five, six years because they're two, okay? <laughs> they're two. And that, it's all about cash flow. And if, if, you're not ha- if, you're, if you're looking at your contract and it is front-loaded and there are three years where, with absolutely no cash in it, don't sign that contract. You know, I mean, unless the team is demanding it, this is exactly what's happening with Dak Prescott, by the way, exactly what's happening. The Cowboys want to put two years of, with a ton of money in it. They essentially want to double franchise him that, inside of a five-year contract. And of course, Dak is saying no to this. He wants a three to four-year contract. He wants the contract that makes him available when this 
TV revenue comes in when he's not yet 30 years old, you know, 31, 32 years old. He wants his third contract to, to line up. That's what he wants. And he doesn't want the, the Cowboys to sabotage that right now with a long-term deal. So many of these free agents have done well in avoiding this. Like I said, the three-year 30 million mark is really about where we're living with a lot of these veterans. Uh, and certainly some have gone over that. But for the most part, if you look at our, at our free agency tracker, three for 39, three for 35, three for 32, three for 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. That's real. Those are real contracts that were signed this year. So it's, uh, it's good to see. It's good to see. And, and I'm glad that teams are, are, are okay with doing that because what's happening is you're not seeing that annual average be way up there like we usually see with free agent contracts. That's why I've said a couple times now, none of these free agent contracts make me go, oh, my God. They just don't. They just don't because the shorter the deal, yeah, the more impactful thing. it is for everybody. Yeah, I think that's a good thing, too. I mean, uh, looking at the breakdowns that you have in here, I mean, we look at on the free agent tracker, the potential out. And like you said, th these potential outs are at two or three years. And then some of these guys will be able to get back into it, um, even though they're a five year, four year. I mean, they have the potential of, you know, getting back onto the market when those. Uh, it's important. Scott, you follow the NBA. These are NBA contracts. Oh, it's important. Yes. It's important. Absolutely. Yeah, control matters right now. All those players know. I mean, we saw LeBron. He did the one and one, one and one. Yeah. He, he did them specifically because he knew the cap was going to go up. And then when he was ready to move to Los Angeles, he signed that long term deal. But we we're seeing it with other players that are signing. They're being smart and and not locking into the five six year deal. Um, or the five-year deal, they don't have the six anymore. But um, not, yeah. not enough players are willing to bet on themselves, and that's what it takes. What it takes is not only am I going to be valuable right now, but I'll be valuable again in three years. That's what that's what we're saying here. And there's not enough there's not enough of that in the NFL, and I can understand it because the guaranteed money just isn't it doesn't line up. You know, you, you sign a three-year contract in the NBA, you know, you're getting all three of those years. Uh, right. Generally speaking, that's not the case here. At the most, we've seen two and a half years guaranteed on these three on these three year deals for the, for these NFL players, outside of Kirk Cousins, who of course, you know, breaks all the molds and got himself another basically fully guaranteed three year contract. Um, yeah, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. And, and look, I was on a on a, on a radio with the with with the Bills guys today, the Buffalo Bills guys, who have clearly made some noise. And then the one thing that stands out like a sore thumb with Brandon Bean and what he's done is not only does is he looking for smaller deals, he's looking for two and three year deals, but he you can tell exactly what his price is, right? Because the players that left his team, the Shaq Lawsons, the Jordan Phillips, they went for two to two and a half million dollars more per year than the players who replaced them, right? In Quentin Jefferson and Vernon Butler, and, and it was immediate. It was immediate. You saw Shaq Lawson go last night, and then this morning you saw Vernon, or you saw Quentin Jefferson brought in at one year less and one point five million per year less. And same thing with Jordan Phillips to Arizona, and then almost instantaneously Vernon Butler at one one and a half million less and one year less. It's just the the GMs that understand the, how this current financial system is working and and put their foot down can say. This is what it is, guys. Take it or leave it. We've already got plan B in place. It's up to you, whatever you want to go and do. And there, I mean, the cause and effect was instant for Buffalo. So 
uh, it's good to see that. Like I said, five years ago, if we're having this conversation and doing this kind of thing, Scott, I think I'm, we're talking about the, how chaotic things are. And we ha- there were a lot of free agent seasons where things were just everywhere. Everything just seemed more structured this year. It just seemed like everybody had a plan in place. You kind of knew where players were going to end up. The reports weren't really fake, right? Everything was kind of aligning itself. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really fallen, uh, fallen out yet. Uh, you know, Rivers at $25 million to, to the Colts. That's about where everybody was said, said he was going to be, price and destination. Uh, even Brady. I mean, Tampa Bay was on that short list for a long, long time, and we knew the $30 million per year mark was, was about what it was going to be. So no, nothing's really scaring me here. Nothing's really scaring me off to, numbers-wise. Some of the structures aren't the best. Uh, I want to talk about one more contract before we, before we get off here, and it's the quarterback contract. I don't. Did we get the Teddy Bridgewater yesterday? I don't think we did, right? Mm, I don't think we did. Yeah, I'm, I'm, things are getting crossed up here. But let's make sure we talk about the Bridgewater deal because it's $21 million a year. It's $42 million, basically fully guaranteed over the next two years. Um, who are the Carolina Panthers, Scott? <laughs> Great question. I don't know if they because know this that. deal doesn't tell me anything is, 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 is the point I'm trying to make here. 42 million over two years for a starting quarterback. Doesn't tell me anything. No. And, and I mean, they, they have about 17 in space left without using their draft pool. So, I mean, take that into account. They only really are going to have like 8 million in space if you throw that in there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they, they struggled on offense last year outside of Christian McCaffrey and I mean, that that'll be an interesting one, two punch with Teddy and Christian McCaffrey going um, at it. But I mean, what they have DJ Moore for their sure. wide receiver and that's about it right now. So they probably need some more weapons because they lost Greg Olson and um, yeah, they brought in a couple of weapons to go with it. But um, and they're going to be small at this point. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is and you kind of glossed over the rookie draft pool there. Uh, you know, are they going quarterback here? Are they going quarterback? Is this going to be a situation where somebody's going to come in and compete? I, I believe I know they have Will Greer, Greer in that roster, who at least the last regime liked him, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they go quarterback. I mean, this is obviously just a, a guess, but I, I I would think they would go for another weapon. I mean, they we see that the wide receiver is is deep in this year's draft. So I I would almost think maybe they go wide receiver to get another weapon in there Mm -hmm. to have a one, two punch with more and, and then McCaffrey in the backfield. Uh, Maybe they go defense to try to bring in some more depth. I mean, they certainly have to replace Luke Keekley. There's no question about that. That's, that's a ridiculous loss and, and an unfortunate loss, but yeah, they don't exactly have the cap room to go out and make more splashes. They've got a couple of contracts that we don't yet have uh, locked in either in Trey Boston and Justin Burr. So uh, that cap space is down under 10 million when it's all said and done for sure. I, I, uh, I, I just wonder where this goes. Uh, by the way, we should also speak to the fact that Cam Newton's release or trade is going to free up 19 million. So there's a little bit more wiggle room there, of course. True. And, yeah, true. But if McCaffrey's long-term, they're going to have to extend him eventually. He's available right now to be extended. There's been rumors that they just trade him, uh, which I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I do think they need a look. They, they need some coverage for Bridgewater. I mean, certainly that, that injury a couple of years back, 
he's recovered from it, but I don't think he's going to be the same kind of player either. I think he's going to be a much more of a pocket passer now going forward, especially on a more regular basis. So having somebody like McCaffrey certainly takes that, a, a major load off of him. I guess I'm thinking more of where are the Panthers in two years? Because Teddy Bridgewater on a two-year for $42 million contract guaranteed, that doesn't scream, this is our guy. What it screams is, we're going to give this guy a shot, and we'll, we'll, we'll pay him number 20 overall quarterback money. Essentially, that's what this is. It's, it's 20. The cap kit is 21st. Average salary-wise, it's 18th, but that's not including Brady yet. And there's a couple of more contracts still to come in. So it's going to be 20th, essentially, when it's all said and done. Yeah, that doesn't scream, this is our guy, we're ready to go. Uh, just seems like this is a trial. This is a fairly expensive trial for a 28-year-old quarterback who at one point in time was running a really nice Vikings offense. I, I like the Joe Brady offensive coordinator situation for sure. I think they can open up an offense if they do have the weapons. So you're probably right that they're going to go find somebody else in this draft. Um, We'll see, though. We'll see where they are one year from now if Teddy Bridgewater isn't as impactful as they want him to be. But this is a move you and I both both talked about quite a few months back. Bridgewater either to the Patriots or the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think we like the fit. I'm just I'm just saying the structure of this contract doesn't scream he's our guy yet. So keep an eye on the Panthers. Anything else before we wrap it up here? No, I think that's about it right now. I mean, we'll we'll see uh, in maybe in the next 24 hours and we hit this up again where for sure where Brady is going uh, and what his contract may look like and uh, where, where some of these other pieces are falling. Yeah, I mean, let's talk still about got, it real quick. We got Clowney. We've got Brady because yeah. it's not official yet. Yeah, there's some there's some nice names on the list. Robbie Anderson. By the way, Robbie Anderson's Carolina makes a ton of sense. It just does. Yeah, that so, would be a nice pickup for them. Yeah, if they if they've got enough room when it's all said and done to to fit in his twelve or thirteen million a year, uh, I really like that one a lot. Although the Jets could use him back as well, so I'm not going to rule anything out at this point. Anyone else on this free agent list available that you uh, you're, you're at least can't wait to see? It, it's dwindled pretty fast here. <laughs> it has. I mean, th- there are some nice names on here still, though. I mean, I mean, we've got. Xavier Rhodes, yeah. uh, Everson Griffin. Griffin. Griffin for sure has, is going to get a couple offers, and I know Minnesota's trying to get him back there. So uh, even Adamakusu, Sioux, uh, you know, you wonder if Tampa Bay brings him back into the fold now that they're uh, clearly making a run. And then uh, all the running backs. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, all the running backs. Yeah. Uh, the only one that really fell was Jordan Howard, and I think he got crazy overpaid by the Dolphins. I mean, $5 million a year for a player who could barely find the field in Philadelphia last year. I mean, it just... It clearly wasn't a good fit, but he, that happened in Chicago too. So maybe Jordan, maybe the problem isn't the Bears and the Eagles. Maybe the problem is Jordan Howard, uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, Lamar Miller. Maybe if he's if he's healthy, Deion Lewis. Maybe there, there's some names here. Carlos Hyde had a halfway decent season. Devontae Freeman was just released. There's some names for sure. So uh, yeah, there's a slew of like uh, of tackles out there that I mean. Teams are always looking for for depth at that offensive line. So, I mean, there's still some nice uh, names out there, some older than others. But Here's a name I really like, Eric Ebron. Uh, oh, kind yeah. of kind of had a rebirth in Indy last year. Fell off a little bit, and, share, and a lot of his time was split with Jack Doyle. Teams looking for a tight end, maybe later in the game here, when that price drops a little bit. That's going to be a nice pickup for somebody. 
I really think that's going to be a halfway decent pickup. Uh, outside of that, the wide receiver market was always pretty bad. Emmanuel Sanders is still out there. Uh, I've heard I've, I've heard him linked to Dallas quite a bit. We'll see on that one. I don't know. It's uh, It was never a great free agent class, but there's still a few ha- halfway decent names. I think it starts and ends with Javion Clowney right now. Most teams are... Well, I mean, out of all of the players that have signed or have come through thus far, I mean, the top five positions are all defensive based positions right now. So you can see where teams are focusing their efforts right now in on that defensive side, which is interesting because usually we see, you know, some of the, the, the specialty. Well, it goes, it goes to what you've said. You've said it already. This is a very deep wide receiver draft and it's also a very deep offensive tackle draft. And, and we may see four, maybe five quarterbacks. Quarterbacks go in the first round. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can understand why, uh, you know, you know, your your middle to back to to back secondary defensive uh, positions are are loading up the values. Let's let's run the numbers here. They're pretty interesting. Two hundred seventy one million dollars of cornerback contracts, inside linebackers at two fifteen. Those guys are just going to be bouncing around. You're going to start seeing inside linebackers turn into running backs soon, eventually. Uh, defensive tackles had a bit of a rebirth with DJ readers contract in Cincinnati, 210 million of those contracts. Uh, there's just, there's just a lot going around here, a lot going around. The edge rushers haven't really been paid like we thought, you know, guys like Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner didn't hit the market. And, you know, a lot of the guys that did hit the market, like your Shaq Lawson's are just, you know, they're 10, 11 million, 12 to $12 million per, per year guys. So the numbers just aren't going to pile up like we've seen in other years. I think that's, that's a guarantee now. We mentioned it yesterday that 2019 had $2.8 billion of total contracts. We're over a billion dollars away from that. I just don't see it happening, right? No, I don't think we're going to get to that point this year, Yeah, unfortunately. No, maybe it is fortunate. <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, the whole country needs to preserve some cash here a little bit. So True. maybe these NFL teams are just lining up with us. Even though yeah, but maybe maybe they're also like you said uh, a little earlier. They're getting smarter with their money, so yeah. we're not seeing those four or five year deals with the bigger value that would sort of inflate that number. They're getting smarter, so th- that that is a good thing. That too, and the list of extension candidates is pretty phenomenal. There's a lot of teams that need to take care of their own. It starts with the Mahomes and the Watsons. You know, you got Tredavious White in Buffalo. There's a, there's a laundry list of, of players who do need contracts. We mentioned McCaffrey. If, if, if he's long-term for Carolina, he could certainly use a contract extension. That's where your big money's going to come. I mean, really big money. That's why you saw DeForest Buckner get $21 million a year with Indy after they acquired him. That's The, the extensions are where the money's going to be at right now, and you're right. Teams got smarter, structured, structure got smarter, and it's more short-term on the free agent market. So that's where we're living right now. It looks good. I like it. I think it's been a positive couple of days here, and we've got a couple of big names left to go, so we'll keep up with it. All right, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. My thanks to The Athletic. I've been reading these articles on the side of Spot Track all day long because they complement exactly what we're talking about here so well. Long-form sports journalism. You can get it for $2.99 a month. Use theathletic.com slash track in your browser or in your phone. Get 40% off your first year. Scott, thanks so much. We'll be back soon with another edition of the Spot Track Podcast.